in this age of people being really super soft, some really hardcore competition with nobody guaranteeing and anybody can win the job is coming to Oxford, Mississippi. We'll tell you all about it. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, welcome to Locked On on this podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. You can see my Twitter handle down below. I do want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free um, and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell um, for notifications and new videos going up, which is going to be quite frequent this week. And, of course, comment down below or upvote the video itself. That would make us very happy. Anyway, this week we got a lot of good stuff for you. We've got Tim Thomas, Bill Flowers, um, Kara McCutcheon is returning. Derek Vandegrift, John Gillespie talking Ole Miss. We got a news perspective that we wanted to bring in as well. Brantley Wade talking women's basketball. This channel, this page is going to have a lot of stuff over the next six, seven days-ish um, of time, which is pretty good with baseball season getting ready to start. We need it to bridge that time. So we're talking about Jackson Dart versus Spencer Sanders today and exactly what this quarterback competition means. You have two quarterbacks that statistically they're the same player. Now, stylistically, they do it quite differently. But statistically, they're kind of the same player. And this is going to be a super competition because the loser is probably going to be the third-team quarterback. This is going to be a weird situation to where you either, it's like, it's like a loser leave town match in wrestling. Um, it, it is something with the stakes that high. And with these two being statistically the same, you kind of wonder what Lane Kiffin is going to do and how they're going to do this. Now, the one thing that we do not need, and the whole fan base will agree with this, is we don't need to have happen what happened this season. The starting quarterback needs to be the starting quarterback the third week of camp, and you go from there. That stunted the growth of the offense, that hurt the development of Jackson, that does not need to happen moving forward. But this is going to be a hardcore, no-holds-barred competition. And you've heard Jordan Watkins on one of his podcast hits, I'm not sure which, not really doing anything mean spirit. I just really don't know which podcast. I just know that he did it saying that Jackson Dart is ready for competition, which is true. Jackson Dart won his job as a true freshman at USC, ended up transferring to Ole Miss, won his job as a sophomore over Luke Altmaier, and now he's going to face the boss. If you look at it, look at it like Mike Tyson's punch out. He's defeated Bald Bull. He's defeated Super Macho Man. And now Mike Tyson's there at the end for him. So this is going to be a competition. It's going to be a knockdown, drag-out fight. And with the stakes of this quarterback competition, you really can see 
what it's going to mean for each of them. Now, I do say that to say this. Lane Kiffin, there's three possible outcomes to this. And two of which Lane Kiffin needs. So it's like the opposite of the old Ford Pass adage. But there's two scenarios that Lane Kiffin really wants to have happen. One is Jackson Dart wins the job, balls out, declares for the NFL draft, goes pro. That is a situation that Lane Kiffin absolutely wants. The other situation is Spencer Sanders wins the job. What Lane Kiffin, in my opinion, does not want to have happen, and this is what's going to keep him up at night during spring practice, anytime there's a bad interception, everything that's going on, he's going to think about that because the one thing that he does not want to have happen is Jackson Dart to win this job and to be average. That is his nightmare. That is his worst-case scenario. This is a situation to where last year the tie would have gone to Jackson Dart. If there was a tie between him and Luke Altmaier, the tie would have gone to Jackson Dart. I think this year the tie might go to Spencer Sanders because of that fact. The stakes are so big, and that is because of who's sitting at number two, and we're going to talk about him in just a second. Walker Howard, I think, is going to be the number two quarterback regardless of what happens in this quarterback competition. They want to get him ready. They want to get him game reps. They want him to be able to take over in 2024. So if you take that and you put that in your formula to this quarterback competition, you almost feels like a tie goes to Spencer Sanders in that context. Now, Spencer Sanders in the first seven games of the year um, was dominated. Oklahoma State was a top 10 team. He hurt his shoulder in a game. Um, he actually fought through it, played through it, but Oklahoma State was not the same team. We'll see if that shoulder is healed going into spring practice. and every Because that is going to have a major bearing on this quarterback competition. Like I said, it's going to be Jackson Dart or Spencer Sanders is the one or the three. The number two, I think, is pretty well locked up because they're trying to get him ready for 2024. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment as well. We're also going to have John Garcia coming up in the third segment where he's going to talk about recruiting in 2024 and some potential names to keep an eye on. I'll be interested to see who he brings up. I think Ole Miss made a top five for a safety in Florida. So I'm expecting a decent recruiting class for the Rebs in 2024. That's even outside of Mississippi. So it should be quite interesting there. But this quarterback competition has a chance to be so much fun. If you like drama, if you like all of that stuff, if you want a soap opera to just hang on every word about what's happening, pay attention to this quarterback competition. Could be a lot of fun. Anyway, like I said, two statistically similar players going at it. You look at the numbers and you're just like, well, it's, it's the same guy. So that means either can win this job. Now, stylistically, does what Spencer Sanders match up to this offense better than what Jackson Dart does? Or vice versa. It, it will be really interesting to see exactly what happens in this quarterback competition. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it 
um, because Jackson Dart, obviously a competitor. Like I said, he's gone through this two times before. I'm not going to doubt him this time either. Spencer Sanders would not have come to this school to waste his last bullet in the gun in eligibility. He thinks he's going to win this job, like legitimately. He literally put his money where his mouth is to where he should go there, right there. I'm going to try and take that job. And we don't know about grad transfers. We don't even know about, like, Jackson Dart has a red shirt. So if Jackson Dart lost the job in spring and Spencer Sanders was obviously ahead, he could choose to sit out. But it'll be interesting to see exactly how this plays out. This is going to be so much fun, guys. This is going to be really fun. This is going to be even better than the Luke Altmyer and Jackson Dart of last spring. This is a quarterback competition where there is no preordained winner. This is going to be a straight street fight. And with Walker Howard being in the equation as well, this has a chance to be so much fun. So I'm looking forward to spring practice like a month away. It's starting. And we're going to go through and do our press conference thing. We're going to normal football rules, season rules, and the coverage of spring practice. But it should be a lot of fun. Um, and also we're going to have um, later on this week, Bill Flowers is going to come by. He's going to take a little bit of his victory lap, which he deserves to take, because for seven games last year, he talked about the holes in the offense that Ole Miss had. People got mad at him, and then he was right. So he gets a little bit of victory lap this week. So we'll see exactly how that goes for Bill moving forward. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need to need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner, Locked On, for Locked On, because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you are new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. It may not be available to you in Mississippi. We can still use their lines. But if you're an Ole Miss fan in Tennessee, I think in Louisiana, FanDuel is an option for you. So definitely sign up through those guys. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's pretty cool. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid on your winnings instantly. Boom, right then. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, thanks again for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right. So, we talked about the two majors in the quarterback competition in the first segment. I genuinely love the interactions I have on social media about the quarterback competition. Everybody's excited about that. That's probably the one avenue that Ole Miss fans are really excited about right now. 
Um, but it's just thinking about where this quarterback competition could go. And we talked about Spencer Sanders and Jackson Dart and how they will be the majors in the 2023 quarterback competition. Well, you're not going to have this quarterback competition without figuring in this trump card. Walker Howard is in the room as well. We talked about how I expect him to be the second-string quarterback so Ole Miss can get him game reps as the season goes on to get him ready for 2024 as best they can. This kid is an outstanding prospect at quarterback. It's the best prospect Ole Miss has gotten um, ranking-wise in the final ranking since um, Shea Patterson, honestly. Um, But stylistically and what's going on, he looks a lot like Matt Corral. He was the number one rated dual threat quarterback, I think, by ESPN. And they bounced from four to five stars, but he took a five-star on a certain rating. Chris Marshall took a five-star on a certain rating. It doesn't matter what their transfer portal rating is because they don't spend time on that. They just look at him, okay, okay, four-star. That is all they do on those. So don't pay attention to the stars on transfer portal rating because they're not doing as much thinking on them as they are the high school rankings. So Walker Howard has a chance to be a really special player, and there are certain things that he needs to take advantage of this year. While this comp- competition is going on with, between Jackson Dart and Stuart Sanders, first of all, he needs to pick Stuart, uh, Spencer Sanders' um, brain as much as he can. I said Stuart Sp- Sanders. I meant Spencer Sanders. Um, I had Stuart Patridge on the brain. Um, I was go- I'm going to have to get him called up and get an interview scheduled with him in the future about this. So you can see I'm multitasking in my mind while I'm recording. But Walker Howard needs to pick Spencer Sanders' brain. That four-year starter, that experience, he is an invaluable resource for him. In a lot of similar ways to what Romero Miller had with Stuart Patridge in 1997. Same type guy, to get him ready for 1998, to go out there and be the guy. That is what Romero has had, and that is what Walker Howard is going to have as well. So that is a resource that is going to be invaluable, and he needs to pick that brain no matter how the competition is going because he has seen things that is going to help him in this system and genuinely playing quarterback. Because there still is that simplistic thing that Walker Howard needs to learn how to do is to play quarterback. Do the same thing with Jackson Dart, the things that he learned inside of this system. These are two resources that are available to him. And a lot of Ole Miss fans think Walker Howard is the guy in 2024, myself included, no matter what happens. That's the reason we say there's two things that Lane Kiffin wants to happen. Jackson Dart wins the job and balls out and goes pro, or Spencer Sanders wins the job. Either one of those is a one-year prospect for this competition. Walker Howard becomes the guy, and it becomes a Walker Howard-Demond Williams competition in 2024, the first year of the playoff. This this is the urgency stuff that happens um, with these quarterback competitions because of that 12-team playoff debuting in 2024. That's the reason it was important to hire Pete Golding. 
to get those defense. Let this be the transition year. Have a year to recruit to it for 2024 so you can have a shot to make a run. But you have a team potentially in 2024 with Walker Howard as the quarterback, Quinshawn Judkins as the running back, your wide receivers of Chris Marshall and Aiden Williams, Michael Trigg at tight end. There's weapons all over the place. You know, Bryson Sanders, those guys playing on the offensive line, you got weapons offensively for 2024. You got weapons in 2023, but 2024 has a chance to be really, really next level. Defensively, those little holes in the system change, they have a chance to get them right. You have to get to find out if DJ Holmes can adapt to play in this position at the SEC level. You have an extra year to get um, Chamberlain Campbell up to speed weight-wise and also hit the transfer portal from time to time to plug in gaps as it goes. Because my favorite part about the transfer portal and all of this, this Walker Howard stuff, this whole nine yards, is that there's a reality that you just don't know going into the season. You might have guess, guesses. You just don't know. If you look at the preseason APO top 25, I think 13, 14 teams did not even finish ranked. That's how wrong they were. This game is becoming harder to predict with all of this movement. You can't just like chalk up to blue bloods anymore. That's, that's a guaranteed folly. But because of that, this same thing, Programs like Ole Miss, programs honestly like Mississippi State, those mid-tier programs like Auburn, they have a chance to pop up and get you from time to time, more so than they used to. This 14 playoff was a travesty. It was a mess um, because of what it allowed six, seven teams to recruit to. And those teams got to basically just carve up the top 50 players in the country, and it caused a talent gap. Through the transfer portal, through the 12-team playoff, through NIL, in different ways, that that 50 is getting sliced up even more to where the talent gap isn't quite going to be as much, and it should be pretty interesting to see moving down the road. I'm really excited about Walker Howard. I am really excited about DeMond Williams. I like the future of the Ole Miss quarterback room. I like the present with Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders. I am looking forward to to this quarterback competition and everything that it means. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, coming up next, we will have John Garcia talking about the 2024 recruiting season and kind of giving a primer again on all of that. We had our show yesterday where we talked all about the 2024 class. Now we have John Garcia going to come in and either debunk me comp- completely or agree with me entirely. So it's either one or the other, right? So we'll see exactly how it goes. Anyway, stick around. All right, thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by commenting down below or upvoting the video itself. Also want to let you know that LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
I am joined by John Garcia. And John, yesterday I did a little primer to the 2024 class from my point of view. I wanted to get an expert in here to talk about what could be one of the better classes probably since 2019 was the last time we had something similar to this. And when you look at the Mississippi class for 2024, who's, who stands out to you? Well, look, I mean, I think at this point, Camarion Franklin's probably the unanimous number one Mississippian recruit uh, in the 24 class. I haven't looked at every single recruiting outlet, but it's hard to imagine, you know, um, that school sack leader at 6'5", 265, isn't number one on everybody's list. Because, look, when you think about great Mississippi natives, the defensive line and the interior come to mind pretty quickly. And Camarion's going to check those boxes. He also checks the boxes of becoming a national recruit. This will be a heavyweight battle. Think of your Nicobe Deans, your Jeffrey Simmons. You know, these are the players that go, of course, within the state footprint and it becomes an Egg Bowl deal. But then it goes beyond the Egg Bowl footprint. And then your Alabamas, your Georgias, your A&Ms, your USC's, your Ohio State's also get involved. And for Franklin, he's already become a well-traveled recruit. I think he's got a Bama trip up next. He just visited Miami a couple weeks ago. And, of course, the in-state schools have been a frequent visit destinations for him. So he's really at the top of the list. And if you're talking about the state of Mississippi being very good on the trail, you've got to have that national recruitment, usually with a D lineman right in the mix. And we've got that in 24 with Camarion Franklin, who's in no rush. So that one will be one we talk about for quite some time. And then you've got several that are no doubter SEC level blue chip battles. I mean, I love Daniel Hill, saw him in person for the first time just a couple weeks ago. He's, he's a linebacker running back hybrid out of Meridian and man, let me tell you, he worked at running back and he just looks so much bigger and more physical than just about everybody that was trying to cover him at this seven on seven event. And he actually worked well with the ball in the air. So I'm fascinated to see not only who gets involved further for him and look, it's Bama, LSU, of course, the in-state schools on top of that, but where that position projection, uh, you know, manifests, how, how does that develop? at 6'1", 220. You know, does he kind of grow out of the running back position uh, and, and you start focusing on linebacker, maybe even something else? Or does he stay in that ballpark to where he's so athletic as a two-way guy, you'd rather have him uh, with the ball in his hands? We see that thing go go either way. Think of Centarian Perkins just last cycle for Ole Miss. If you want to find that next one, it could be right there at Meridian with, with Daniel Hill. So I think you've got some great trench prospects you got some great two-way guys and naturally you're going to have great skill on top of it guys who are at specific positions that you could see now or down the line i think of an real white who's another receiver skill position projection can maybe play defensive back if you need him to he's one that his stock has been rising was thinking about committing early uh, out of ocean springs uh, but he didn't he held off uh, so that battle will roll on and then when you talk about upside what about Isaiah Autry? He's a big offensive tackle from uh, Itawamba Agricultural, 6'6", 270 right now, a guy who's got a lot of physical growth ahead. Um, and that one could be a very, very back-and-forth Egg Bowl battle with Ole Miss probably a little bit ahead at this moment. Uh, but that one, you know, LSU offered him, I believe, yesterday. Florida State is involved. Florida's involved. That one's going to stretch beyond the state as well. So it's it's kind of – 
it's kind of a, a pro and con situation. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you want a lot of these battles to stay closer to home, but you also want to win battles that stretch beyond the SEC and, and really nationally in the case of Camarion Franklin. So there's a little bit of everything in this this class of 2024 in the state. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask you about one particular recruit, um, Braylon Burnside out of Starkville. Ole Miss has gone two for two on the last two prospects out of Starkville. Could they go three for three? Of course. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's too early to rule it out. Um, obviously, there's so much pressure. And I feel like, I mean, your audience, of course, knows this, Stephen, but I feel like nationally people don't realize, one, how hard it is to pull a Mississippian out of the state if, if he's a big-time recruit, and two, how entrenched this Egg Bowl recruiting back and forth really is. So for Ole Miss to have any success at Starkville High School or, or kids from Starkville, Mississippi, is, is really amazing to consider. Um, you don't see that in, in other parts of, of the SEC even, uh, and even in state. It, it's just it's such a rare deal. So look, with Burnside, your guess is as good as mine. I, it's probably too early to call at this point, but you could see why – this is such a back and forth, right? Six foot one, uh, just under 200 pounds at this point. Another versatile player, two-way background here. He can line up at a variety of positions. And yeah, I think if if you're talking just the Egg Bowl battle, I think he's going to be the most intense here going forward. We saw some photo finishes at the end of the 23 cycle. I think Burnside will be that first major one in 24. Him or Isaiah Autry, who we just mentioned, those will be the first banner battles, but it hits a little bit different when the kid is from Starkville. And obviously Mississippi State knows that just as well as Ole Miss, and, and they know they've got to kind of rally and, and keep one of these kids home. It's It's been a while. So that one's going to be intense and fascinating, I, I think, and it's got a long way to go on top of that, which always makes it more entertaining for us and a lot more stressful for the coaches involved. All right, take um, Braylon and compare him to Aiden Williams to let um, the fans know the difference between the two wide receivers? Yeah, that's that's really a great question. I, I think, look, Aiden, a little bit longer, a little bit leaner, maybe more polished, but the physical prowess of Burnside is, is kind of undeniable. He's one who could take the top off of defenses, but he also works really well in the margins. It's not just a downfield scenario. You can very much get him the ball short and allow him to work, uh, which is, is a more complete skill set, I would say, from a route tree perspective than an Aiden Williams, but Williams at the same stage, so much more polished, so much more comfortable getting into the intricacies of uh, developing route. I think Burnside's got a little bit more time to develop in, in that regard, but the physical athletic foundation is there. And again, a little bit bigger physically than Aiden at this stage. So I think it's going to help him maximize the ceiling and still work with a strong floor there simultaneously. But uh, those are two of the best in the last few years, not just the last two. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, it's like a once or twice a decade thing where Mississippi has a really good class. How good is this 24 class historically? What would you compare it to? Yeah, I, I love it at the top. Uh, I, I know off air we talked about 2019. I think you can go back a couple more cycles and, and look at just the very top of, of the class uh, and its impact that N'Kobe Dean cycle comes to mind. A lot of those players have moved around in college football through the portal and things like that. Um, so I like the depth at the top. And that's that's where we're we're kind of at 
in the calendar, right? We're, we're in February now. We're about to hit a bunch of camps. I'm curious about that second tier. Can that group start to mix in and challenge those near the top? It won't be Camarion Franklin levels, but you know, is Daniel Hill going to be the runaway number two player in the state? Or can somebody like a Burnside or, or Noreal White, who we mentioned earlier, can they kind of crash the party with a big offseason? You know, there's a lot of interesting players. I mean, when, when we're talking about the top 10 or 12 recruits, we haven't even talked about Anthony Maddox, who just committed to Texas A&M at QB. That's a very good sign for the state of Mississippi, and just in terms of the depth at the top. So I like Maddox. I think he's going to rise in year two as a varsity starter, NFL bloodlines there. Big fan of Jeremy Scott from Callaway. And J.J. Harrell, I think, from North Panola is another one that could very well finish in the top three or four in the state when, when all is said and done. Ditto for Autry. Again, the biggest question mark is can he physically round into shape gain a little bit of weight and maintain this length and athleticism that presents as a true blindside offensive tackle. If we start getting some of those answers this offseason, I think he could begin to push because when you talk about giving fourth stars and, and, and creating benefit of the doubt, those premium position guys like left tackles and pass rushers are going to get more benefit of the doubt than others. Yeah. And before we get out of here, let's, what about the out of state, players for Ole Miss specifically what are some names that we need to be watching for look I, I still think Damon Williams is one folks need to pay attention to of course he's committed to Ole Miss but since then multiple power five scholarship offers have come in he's entertaining them he visited Arizona State you know the in-state school for him under their new very offensive laden coaching staff under Kenny Dillingham who just landed Jaden Rashada so that's something to keep an eye on going forward but of course there's a bunch of uncommitted recruits that are worth tracking and I I think Ole Miss has to start at the top you know we talk about D-line recruiting with Camarion Franklin I mean what about David Stone kind of the unanimous number one national defensive lineman Ole Miss just offered him in the last two weeks and he told us hey it's not too late. It's never too late to get involved. So he's got some time between now and a decision. Can Ole Miss start to crash that party and, and recruit at a higher ceiling against all of the blue bloods that are going to be involved for, for David Stone, who comes from IMG Academy? So those are some of the names out of state that are worth keeping an eye on. And you know that list is only going to develop here as time goes on, Ole Miss is going to recruit the state of Louisiana very hard. We've seen a lot more success recently in the state of Georgia. Expect that to continue. And, of course, with Lane Kiffin, it's always going to be a bit of a national footprint. Uh, so you wonder uh, how many more offensive targets will develop and come to heed as we get closer to those spring official visits. Yeah, and you're going to be along for the whole ride. It should be great, John. Um, anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. John, thank you so much for stopping by today, and we'll, we'll do it again in a couple of weeks, bud. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks for having me. All right. 